Welcome to First United Methodist Church's worship service. We are a church that strives to know God, love God, and serve God. We are one church with two locations. The Whitmore Lake Campus is located at the corner of Main Street and East Shore Drive at 9318 Main Street in Whitmore Lake, Michigan. The Brighton Campus is located at the intersection of Brighton Lake Road and Grand River Avenue at 400 East Grand River Avenue in Brighton, Michigan. Please visit us online at brightonfumc.org to learn about in-person worship times at both locations. Worship will begin shortly. We are glad that you are with us. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to First United Methodist Church of Brighton and Whitmore Lake. Happy Father's Day this morning as we gather for worship. I hope that you were able to find some way to celebrate uh, the fathers in your lives and the folks that that are dads in, in all different forms. And so as we gather for worship this morning, we're beginning a new sermon series about the parables that Jesus shared in the Gospel of Luke. So we hope that over the next couple of weeks, we're able to hear those wonderful stories, those teachings of Jesus. This morning, we're also uh, having a big celebration at Whitmore Lake right after this service. Uh, so I know some folks are heading down there for a big uh, worship service in a tent right next to the lake down at our Whitmore Lake campus. And so if you're, uh, you're looking around, perhaps there are some folks who are out on the golfing greens. And if you're uh, perhaps uh, looking for other folks, I imagine that they'll be down at Whitmore Lakes campus in an hour as we have a big church-wide celebration this morning. We are a church that's striving to help people know God, love God, and serve God. And we hope that something that happens in worship this morning inspires you in your faith and allows you to connect more deeply with the God who created you, loves you, and will sustain you through the course of your life. And in addition to that, I wanted to share that we hope that on your way in, uh, this is like big news, uh, you were handed a bulletin. The bulletin is... <laughs> You know, you don't always like, you know, I, I didn't know how well that, that would be received, but it's clear to me that that was a missing piece of worship. And so we're grateful that um, many trees sacrificed themselves so that we could be happy. Amen. So we are back to printing bulletins. But I want to let you know that inside the bulletin, there are prayer requests from folks who have asked for prayer. You can see that in the, the inside part of the front page when you turn the page. And in addition to that, there's a uh, order of service that you can follow along in. So you'll know what hymn are coming, and that is beautiful as well. In addition to that, on the backside, there are several announcements and information about things that are happening in the church. Pastor Lindsay and I realized that we could only share so many vocal announcements at the end of the service, and so we thought it would be good to put something in your hands and allow you to take it with you so that you could know some of the events that are happening in the church. And so I'm grateful uh, to our staff that made that happen, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. If you have any feedback about it, we encourage you to pass that along to us so that we can continue to to improve that. We want you to know about the things that are happening in the church so that you can, you can be a part of it, so that you can uh, pray for people and, and be a part of the ministries of this church. In addition, we hope you were handed a connection card on your way in the door. We encourage you to take a moment to fill those out. You can put them in the offering plate later on in the service when those go by to let us know uh, what, we, um, what, what ministries you'd like to be a part of. And in addition to that, there's yellow prayer cards in the pew back in front of you. If there's anything that we can be praying for you or alongside you about, we hope that you'll take a moment to fill those out, and we would be honored to be praying alongside you. And with that, I want to encourage you to stand as you're able and join us in our opening hymn as we worship God together this morning.
I invite you to be seated as we continue worshiping this morning. At this point, I want to invite uh, anybody who's going on the youth mission trip to come forward. And if you're watching online, just know that we are praying for you uh, as we gather in this space. As as, uh, we worship this morning, I invite you um, to join me in a spirit of prayer as we pray for those who are going on the youth mission trip. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for our team going down to CAST Community Social Services in Detroit. We pray for a blessed time for them to gather, for them to serve, for them to have an opportunity to learn and grow and make a difference in the city of Detroit. We're grateful for the youth and the adults who have decided to be a part of this experience. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would work in their lives and in the lives of those that they serve such that your kingdom would be made here on earth as it is in heaven. We're grateful to be sending a group from this church, an expression of love and support. We pray that you would watch over them and keep them safe as they serve in Detroit, making a difference in your son Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So we're excited about the group going down to the city of Detroit, and we can't wait to hear the stories and report of them coming back. We're grateful for all of the adults who are giving a a week of their time to make sure that the experience that that they have as a group is is a blessing, and, and we look forward to hearing a report from that experience when they come back in a little over a week, and we celebrate their willingness to go and serve in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Please join me in the opening prayer. Lord, we lift lift our our thanks thanks and praise. praise. At At the the same same time, we also bring our worries and concerns to you. Help Help us to see clearly the direction you would choose for our lives. Help us to see where we can bring the good things you seek into the world. 
In your name we pray. Amen. scripture reading this morning is from Luke chapter 6. Jesus told them this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Won't they both fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like the teacher. Why do you look at that speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take that speck out of your eye? When you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye, you're a hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People don't pick figs from a thorn bush or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man, an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. 
for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I invite you to join me now in a time of prayer. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be measured and found acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer and the one who calls us to love unconditionally. Amen. So as I mentioned earlier, we're starting this new sermon series about the parables of Jesus, Jesus's teachings in the Gospel of Luke. We'll be covering all of these stories over the next couple of weeks in the summer, and the parables are just all these beautiful stories that Jesus tells in the scriptures, and some of which, you know, they click immediately, and you're like, I know exactly what Jesus is trying to say here. Others of them have taken centuries, millennia, and we're still getting and deriving new meaning out of them. This particular parable that Liz just read for us this morning talks about the blind leading the blind. It, it talks about uh, what it looks like when, when people are judgmental of other folks, when in reality, so many of us, we have our own struggles, our own issues that we haven't quite contended with. And I remember being taught that, that quite often when I was young and kids were giving each other a hard time on the playground or whatever, and I'd come home all in a huff like, Dad, why are people like that? Why are people so mean, you know? And, and oftentimes you just say, you know, John, when somebody points a finger at you, there are three fingers pointing back at them. And oftentimes it's so often the case that when we are most judgmental of other folks in our life, it actually is the result of our own insecurities, right? That we are so eager to put somebody else down just to make us prop ourselves up and feel a little bit better about what we're doing in the world. It's easy to fall into that trap. Just out of curiosity, because you never know if Jesus might be sitting right here amongst us, how many of us here today have lived a perfect, blameless, and sinless life? Anybody? Oh, Deb, that's awesome. Good for you. <laughs> I'm glad there's one among us. Man, I feel so much better to know Christ incarnate is here in the, in, the, in the flesh today. But I don't know about you, but so many times I've been a part of conversations, usually amongst friends, where the conversation's going along fine, and then all of a sudden it takes a dark turn. And you go from talking about the pleasantries of life, the joy, the good news about the world, the beautiful weather, to all of a sudden start naming a particular person or a group of people that we believe should, should change themselves, to make themselves better. If only they were willing to do this, if only they would take this small action of self-improvement, then they would get back onto the same level plane that we're on. Maybe you've been a part of those kinds of social circles and the conversation takes a turn for the worse and suddenly you find yourself deriding or chastising or putting down either a group of people or an individual themselves. I don't know about you, but it's easy to fall into that pitfall. It's easy to start judging folks, and quite often I find myself most judgmental when I'm struggling with the very thing that I'm judging other people in their own failures or shortcomings. 
Throughout the history of the church, we teeter on the edge of speaking the truth in love and sort of pointing out in other people the ways in which they could improve themselves and a hope to sort of raise people up. And on the other side of that is this narrow, slippery slope to being judgmental and accusing other people of not living up to the standards that God set for us. It's this difficult place to walk a little bit on this narrow road where we're able to help people become better versions of themselves by honestly naming, like, yeah, I think you actually could do better in this area versus being over here where we're judging and putting people down and shaming them for not living up to that expectation. There's a good way of doing this, of rooting yourself in the teachings of Jesus in the story of justice and transforming the world, imagining what the kingdom of God would look like if Jesus were in control, if Jesus were in charge and the entire world were living exactly how the gospel compels us to live. But it's so easy to fall into a trap, isn't it? And so often in the history of our country, we've had these moments where we've looked across international borders and sort of said, like, if only other countries would have the same principles of liberty and freedom and and hope and and the rule of law, etc., all of these values of the United States, we look across international borders and think, if only you were like us, then the whole world would be a better place. And John Wesley, who was the founder of the United Methodist Church many, many years ago, looked at us, our own nation, the United States, from his place in Great Britain. He was 69 years old at the time, almost 300 years ago. He looked at our nation and, and like, unequivocally noticed that the institution of slavery was one of the worst offenses that the nation that he loved and cared about had ever seen. And he started writing letters. Perhaps you've been handed gospel tracts uh, from folks in the community. John Wesley wrote tracts. They were different, though. He handed them out to slave owners in the South, suggesting that, that if they didn't change their way, that God's grace and mercy and forgiveness would be estranged for them for the rest of their lives. And he literally walked up. I mean, you can imagine the gall of this man to hand these folks these tracts suggesting that, that if they didn't change their ways and emancipate all of the slaves that they owned, that they would never experience the fullness of transformation of God's love and grace. The early Methodist movement was filled with abolitionists, people who believed that the institution and the practice of slavery was categorically offensive to God. And he did it in a variety of ways. He actually received eyewitness testimony from Africa because at the time people were saying like people were rescuing slaves from Africa because their living conditions were terrible and and shouldn't they be thankful that they're being brought to the United States? And John Wesley said... That's not true, actually. I've heard accounts from life in Africa. There's sophisticated civilization. People are actually living incredibly well there, and we are capturing boys and young men and taking them to the United States to live in some of the most brutal and harsh conditions the world had ever known. In addition to that, he said that it's not appropriate, it's not ever justifiable on economic grounds to build your life and build prosperity and build wealth on the back of enslavement. And he made all of these arguments about the abolition of slavery that eventually Great Britain, it took the United States a lot longer as we well know, but eventually Great Britain, many of the theologians there decided that it was important to end the slave trade and Great Britain got out of it. 
And there are some historians that tra trace that moment all the way back to some of these tracts that John Wesley went around handing out. Last week I preached a sermon about how I believe in the power of the church, how the church can still do amazing things in the world, how the church has done some amazing things in the world. And this is something that Methodists get really proud of, despite the fact that it was unpopular, despite the fact that many people were just going along with the institution of slavery, despite the fact that so many people thought that it was actually God's will that slaves should be taken from Africa to the States and, and put into bondage in unimaginable ways, Methodists from the very beginning were staunchly against this practice and institution of slavery. And I find myself thinking that there are times that I'm so incredibly proud of, of our country and some of the great things that we enjoy, but there are times that when we talk about how great and wonderful the country is, there are moments that I'm looking back into history and I look at things like slavery, and I'm as ashamed about that as I am anything else in the world. And it feels like a log in my eye when we talk about freedom and the joy and the blessing of liberty that we've experienced in our lives and how every other country should be a little bit more like the United States. There are moments that I feel this log in our eye, this stain of sin and wickedness that was a part of the fabric of the creation of our country that I find myself thinking, there's still so much that we can do right here in our own backyard to improve the living conditions and the quality of life and the, and the work of economic justice and transformation that still is ongoing in our world today. At the end of the day, I think when Jesus was preaching this sermon in the, great pla in the plain, it says in the Gospel of Luke that he was preaching in this flat land that, that, that people should not have the blind leading the blind, that good trees bear good fruit and bad trees bear bad fruit. When he says, if ever you go out into the world and you judge your neighbor, make sure that you do the own internal work to make sure that you take the log out of your own eye. I want to encourage you over the course of the next week to, to just take a moment and ask yourself, have I been judging other people in my life too harshly? Have I been looking at other people, maybe a group of people, or a particular individual in my life, and, and looking down on them, despite the fact that maybe you don't try to do this, but maybe just subconsciously in your mind you have a hard time looking at somebody else and seeing the full measure of their sacred worth? Is there anybody that you've been judging too harshly? And then the second piece of it is, I believe that God's grace is good enough for all of us, that we can experience it in our own life, that we can feel forgiven and set free, but it has to begin with us taking our own assessment of our own lives to look within ourselves to see whether or not there's anything in our life that we haven't quite confronted, that we haven't quite rooted out, because that's where most of my judgmentalness comes from. I'm here to tell you that I'm sort of a driving elitist. Does anybody else like this? Anybody who goes faster than me, you know, is crazy. And anybody who goes slower than me, I'm like, you know, you don't really know how to drive or something like that. And I find myself driving down the road, and every once in a while somebody does something crazy, and I look over at them, and I'm like, what kind of driver is this? Anybody with me on that? I'm not alone. Amen. So we're going down the road, and, and, and I find myself, you know, I, I actually probably am not the greatest driver in the entire world. 
And sometimes it looks, it takes uh, looking within uh, yourself to, to realize that so that you stop judging other people with the same vigor. A couple of weeks ago, I was coming back from Florida, a church conference, where the whole conference was about getting to know and loving your neighbor as a way of building the church here on earth as it is in heaven. And I'm here to tell you, I literally got off the plane late one night on a Saturday night. I was in Flint, so I drove back down here to Brighton. I got home at like one o'clock in the morning, and I came right here to preach the following Sunday morning. And on my way to church, after this conference about how to love your neighbor, how to care for them and bring them to church, invite them, build a relationship with them and all of that, this is what I did. I got in the car with my kids and from the back they asked me to move something. Joshua had a backpack sitting at his feet. So I reached back and pulled the backpack away from his feet. And while I did that, I heard a (laughs) as I ran over my neighbor's mailbox. This was not what the conference had in mind when they talked about (laughs) loving your neighbor. So here I am, right, driving down the road with all these other folks on the interstate saying, wow, that person's crazy. Look how fast they're going. And wow, that person's going really slow. They're slowing down traffic for the entire community, right? And, And here Pastor John is running over his neighbor's mailbox in his own street, literally just three houses down. Now the story ended well. I got to talk with my neighbor. I got to apologize to everyone because in addition to the mailbox, there also was the cable box right next door. Nobody in the community would have cared about me running over this person's mailbox, but I also ran over the cable box, which meant nobody had internet or TV for the entirety of Sunday morning, which I was like, would you like to come to church? But you know, like everyone came out, right? It's like, I have something you could do didn't prove for the best moment to be evangelical and invitational, but I'm grateful for the opportunity to meet my neighbors. Sometimes we get most judgmental with others when we're struggling with whether or not we're good enough at something ourselves. I know that there have been moments that my own driving has been reckless or I haven't been paying enough attention to the road, or probably, if I was fully honest, I shouldn't have ever been driving in the first place because I was too tired to be operating a vehicle. And I find myself so liberated when I'm able to take a moment, and instead of driving down the road with this judgmental thing, if I'm able to take an honest inventory of the moments in my life where I've driven erratically, perhaps on the way to hospital, or because I'm running behind, or because I'm anxious about the time, and if I'm able to just assume that perhaps other people are experiencing that same kind of pressure and stress and anxiety. I'm here to tell you that in the conversations that I've had with folks across all walks of life, almost everybody that I've ever met is walking around with something serious going on in their lives. Some of us can compartmentalize it better than others, but but if you can imagine that the person who's incredibly irritable with you and and short-tempered as you're waiting in line at the grocery store, perhaps if you could just pause and imagine that maybe they've just received a terminal diagnosis within the family of a loved one who's going to be dying of cancer. Maybe you'll be a little bit less temperamental with them. 
Maybe if you close your eyes and imagine the most difficult situation that you have ever heard of yourself, and you're able to recognize that that situation that puts you in a foul mood on that particular week or month or whatever it might have been, if you can imagine that other people are walking around with those exact same weights in their own life, maybe it will be a little bit easier for us to be less judgmental. If you can imagine for once in your life the darkest moment, the moment that you are most ashamed, and if everybody was aware of that, maybe it would be a little bit more difficult to to judge the person who's standing on the corner homeless because they were caught doing the thing that you wish that and hope that nobody ever finds out about. The reality is most of us are only one or two bad decisions away from standing there homeless ourselves. And I find that the world would be a much better place if we would all stop judging each other as harshly and as intentionally as we have. You know, we're one of the only countries in the entire world that puts people away in prison for their entire lives. That's not a common practice that everybody has. And sometimes I feel like those in the in the criminal in the community of criminals in prison they deserve second chances and some of us are so quick to judge people with a record that we never give people a chance at employment another opportunity for them to make good of themselves this passage of jesus is a reminder for all of us that at the end of the day, we're all going to stand before God. And I imagine God sort of looking at each and every one of us and saying like, John, I know you did A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, and like there will be pages of things for me. (laughs) And at the end of the day, I imagine God standing at the end of God's driveway in heaven saying, and after all of that, I still love you. And the scandalous thing about God is that God's going to look at every single one of us, knowing all of our faults and failures, literally able to count the number of hairs on our head, knowing everything that we've ever done that we're ashamed of. And at the end of that, God's going to say, but I forgive you. And the scandalous part about it is it's not just me that gets forgiven, it's Denise that gets forgiven as well. It's everybody who, it's Jane that gets forgiven as well. Everybody is forgiven. And if we can experience that grace and forgiveness, it's my prayer that we can share that with other folks in our community, that we can not judge people so harshly, that we can not look down the end of our nose at people who are less fortunate than us. Because you never know when the shoe will be on the other foot and we will be living life exactly like them. So let us, when we look at our neighbor and we're so quick to point out the speck in their eyes, be willing to equally confess the log that's in our own. Whether it's an issue of racial injustice or slavery, we celebrate this day a brand new national holiday in our country, the moment in our nation's history that we celebrate when slaves learned of their emancipation, when they were set free, when they realized that they would no longer have to be in bondage, and what an incredible day of celebration it is. We call it Juneteenth, an opportunity to remember this moment in our nation's history when we looked inside ourselves and said, we can be better than this. We don't have to live this way anymore. And I think that's the first step for all of us to become less judgmental.
to look inside ourselves and acknowledge our own need for divine grace. May it be so for you, and may it be so for me. Thanks be to God. Amen. I believe for every drop of rain that falls, a flower grows. I believe that somewhere in the darkest night, a candle glows. I believe for everyone who goes astray, someone will come to show the way. I believe above the storm the smallest prayer can still be heard. I believe that someone in the great somewhere hears every word. Every time I hear a newborn baby cry or touch a leaf or see the sky then I know why. I believe for every drop of rain that falls, a flower grows. I believe that somewhere in the darkest night, a candle glows. I believe for everyone who goes astray, someone will come to show the way. I believe, I believe, I believe above the storm the smallest prayer can still be heard. I believe that someone in the great somewhere hears every word. Every time I hear a newborn baby cry or touch a leaf or see the sky, all God's people said. Amen. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Susan. That was absolutely wonderful. As we start our time of prayer, I want to call your attention to the two lovely prayer quilts we have today. One is for Noah Taylor. One is for Dave Tyler. And if you would, on your way out, sign the card. Tie a knot, say a prayer, but let's together say a prayer for them. Please raise a hand towards the quilts and we'll pray together. 
Our Heavenly Father, we ask you to bless these quote recipients and give them strength, courage, patience, and faith to face the weeks and months ahead. We ask your blessings on their family, friends, and the medical personnel helping them. May this prayer quote be a constant reminder of God's love and hope and of the thoughts and prayers of those who tie knots and say prayers for them. Help us to be reminded that two things never die, peace and love. The prayers we say for others, wrap them in peace and comfort them like a warm quilt. Prayers are tangible evidence of the love we share with them. Amen. Now, as we get to go to a time of prayer, I want to say Happy Father's Day to all the fathers, the stepfathers, the father figures in your lives, the father wannabes, and those that have lost their fathers and are missing them on this day. And I'm reminded what my father used to tell me. Father's Day is just like Mother's Day, only cheaper. Now please join me in prayer. God, our Father, we come before you this morning to praise you, to give you thanks. On this Father's Day, we thank you for the blessings of our fathers and the father figures in our lives and give thanks for those that teach us, those that help us to learn to live as Jesus lived, those that helped us to live our lives the way Jesus taught his followers to live. We pray for those that have lost their fathers and father figures and remember the lessons we've learned from them. We pray for those wishing to become fathers but are having difficulty but we want them to know that your love is there for them as they struggle. Above all, we give thanks for you, our Heavenly Father, and we give thanks for all the blessings that you have given us, our friends, our family, our neighbors. Help us to love them as you do, to care for each other, to show your love to those that need it especially those that need your love the most, the ones that don't know your love yet. Father, we pray for all in need in our communities, in our state, across the nation, and across the world that have suffered due to conflicts and violence going on in our lives, both near and far from our homes. We pray for our leaders, Lord, the world leaders, the national, state, and local leaders, that the decisions they make in this world are tempered with your love, guided by your hand, and blessed by your word. Help them to see clear so that the decisions that they make today may be the best for all of us. Bless us, Lord, that we may find the best you have in store for us and that we can turn around and do the best that we can to honor and praise you, to love those around us as you show love for us. Help us to show the same love to others working together to make this world whole and to honor you as we do. Now in this time of silent meditation, we ask for your ear to hear our concerns, our thoughts, and ask your blessings on our problems as well as to hear our praises of you for all the glorious things that you have provided for us in our lives.
When the disciples asked Jesus, how should we pray? He said, pray like this. And now we repeat the prayer that he taught the disciples saying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Can't believe you let me forget it. God is good all the time. Amen. And don't forget, God loves you. And there ain't a darn thing you can do about it. Amen. For leading us in prayer. At this time in the worship experience, we have an opportunity to respond to God's word in our midst. And one of the ways that we can do that is through the giving of our tithes and our offerings. And in a moment, the ushers will come forward and help us as we receive this morning's gift. But I want you to know that the giving that we do this morning helps bless people all around the world. It makes a difference right here in this community here in Brighton and in Whitmore Lake. We're able to do ministries and serve our brothers and sisters in this community, and we are grateful for every gift that is shared with us here at this church. Would the ushers please come forward and assist us as we receive this morning's offering? Amen. Lord, help us to be gracious in our giving, as you have been gracious in giving to us. Accept the gifts we bring to the ministries of this church. Bless these gifts to grow your kingdom on earth. Amen.
places are God where we meet thee Blessed our hearts Drunk with the wine of the world we forget thee Shadowed beneath thy hand May we forever stand True to our God, true to our native land Amen. Thank you so much, Susan, for leading us in that song, a song of remembrance, a song of triumph over the evils of slavery, a song of emancipation, a song of hope, a song that we can all sing with joy and gladness in our hearts as we celebrate the endless progress and the endless work towards the full inclusion of all people in the world of justice and liberty and hope. As we go out into the world, I want to share a couple of announcements with you as we gather together this day. Right after this service, there will be a church-wide gathering down at Whitmore Lake. You're certainly welcome and invited to come down there to enjoy an outdoor worship and picnic. We, uh, we invite you to do that if you're interested in coming down to that service. In addition to that, next Sunday night, our worship team from the 11 o'clock service will be having a concert in the, uh, in the Amphitheater in downtown Brighton. If you're interested in joining them for that, they'll be playing music from 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m. So feel free to wear your blue First United Methodist Church of Brighton and Whitmore Lake t-shirts if you'd like to join us down there. We will have a great time. They're going to be playing three hours of music which I respect them for that. I mean, that's like a full concert that they're going to be doing in downtown Brighton, so we're excited about that. In addition to that, if you can, at some point during this week, Take a moment and pause and pray for our youth work trippers who are going to be down in the city of Detroit, as we mentioned earlier. We, uh, we hope that they have a wonderful time, and I know many of you have supported them as they've made the decision to go down there. They're going to be sleeping at the Cass United Methodist Church and working for Cass Community Social Services, and we hope that that's a blessing for them as well. In addition to that, if you haven't had a chance to sign up for the photo directory, there are still slots available. We've had about uh, 80 or 90 families sign up for those photos. We encourage you to do that. There's an opportunity for you to sign up just outside in the community room, or you can go online to brightonfumc.org slash photo directory with that code and the password, and you can sign up. It only takes about 30 seconds, but we would love to have your photo in the photo directory so that we can continue to, to celebrate who we are as a community of faith, as the body of Christ that God has called us to be. As you go out into the world, I pray that you would go, recognizing that, that at the end of the day, we all have logs in our eye. As ridiculous as that sounds, the reality is all of us, none of us, other than Deb, are perfect. So as you go out into the world, I pray you go with the blessing of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us go, loving and serving the Lord. Amen.
We are so glad you worshiped with us. We are a church that strives to know God, love God, and serve God. You are invited into this mission by worshiping, joining one or more small groups, sharing prayer requests, and becoming part of the community. We are one church with two locations. The Whitmore Lake Campus is located at the corner of Main Street and East Shore Drive at 9318 Main Street in Whitmore Lake, Michigan. The Brighton Campus is located at the intersection of Brighton Lake Road and Grand River Avenue at 400 East Grand River Avenue in Brighton, Michigan. Please visit us online at brightonfumc.org for details about in-person worship at both of our two locations. We hope you were blessed by this worship. Please click the like button, subscribe to our channel, share this video, and join us again next week.